Hello, everybody. Dr. Chris Holland and Rick Snyder here again today for a great Remnant Revealed podcast. I hope you're uh, tuned in to us and watching this video cast. It's a great day. It is a good day. It's hey, a good it's time spring. to be able to get together. <clears throat> spring, bass are jumping, mm. moving in. Mm. It's a great day. I think people are starting to believe that you have a fishing compulsion disorder. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a disorder. I'd call it a joy. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing like setting the hook on a big large mouth or a big small mouth and have them just about pull the rod right out of your hand. Uh, Of course, right now, early spring is a great time to do that uh, because the females are moving uh, up and they're big. I uh make fun of you with all that but uh <laughs> i grew up fishing all the time yeah. all the time every weekend all weekend long and then sometimes through the <clears> week <throat> and great times with my dad doing that and just a lot of good learning opportunities and a lot of good memories hey it'll teach you patience well i think there's a lot to be said for uh bringing some of that back for youth you know we see a lot of times when we especially in uh, urban environments when we can get youth out and into nature and fishing especially right um there's a lot of great bonding opportunities but also opportunities to talk reflect but also learn learn about life and learn about um challenges in life but also great rewards in life too so there's a lot to be said for it and i don't know what it is in a child but they love they they love to go fishing they want to go fishing and i know it's the time spent with them Mm -hmm. and i don't know why fishing kind of is that deal Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what else they do if dad will take them fishing or uncle take somebody take or mom uh, take them fishing there's just something about that in a child. They love catching a flopping, flipping fish. They may not want to take it off the hook. That's right. Or put or the worm it. on it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but, man, they love catching them. And uh, the joy, the squeal yeah. in a child when they uh, when they hook a fish. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't. Uh, but, man, I, I think they get hooked as much as the fish does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most <clears> definitely. It's a great deal. So. Something in, awesome time. Uh, in natural within us about that. What was your favorite bait when you were a kid? What a rattle trap. Oh, yeah. Good a rattle, rattle trap. trap. That's what I always fished with. Different silver with the black back or silver with the blue back? Use those. I used all of them, really. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, red right now at this time of year. Is yep. A, that's your and then, red or orange, you know, a bright orange. Also liked fishing with an artificial worm yeah, a lot, too. So I love it, yeah. Weedless it's, and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Texas so, rig them. Yeah. Yeah, so. do the old Texas rig. <clears throat> Again, yeah. I still vote for us doing a Remnant Revealed R&R fishing episode sometime. Yeah, I think we need to do that. Get out there on the bass boat and talk there about issues of life. And, <laughs> uh, if it, and then I think... You should get out and walk on water. I think that would be the great confidence is you would get out and yeah. walk on water. But I'm not telling you where the rocks are. You yeah, just, I got you. Yeah. All right. And we'll just film you as you and then and then you cry out to Jesus because you're sinking. I don't know. You know, Peter didn't sink like immediately. That's right. He slowly started going down. That's right. As his confidence waned. I recently read a real interesting um I don't know what you call that, like a study on that. And it fascinates me the more that I learn about the Bible is, is about how much 
it's almost like in code it is yeah. and how many things in various parts of the Bible all relate to one another. And yeah. when you really look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the reason why I bring that up is specific to that was a, a study that I read on how Jesus walking on the water replicated all the way back to Genesis 1 with the Spirit hovering over the water mm-hmm. and how he basically brought a, a, a human um, experience to that yeah. um, and carrying that out uh, in the New Testament. And it got into all the intricacies <clears throat> of it and all these other things, but really talking about the Holy Spirit being over the water and him embodying the Spirit and all those things. And it just fascinates me how much you can see that. And that's why I think it's inexhaustible. You can it never... Yeah. It's a living book. That's right. Yeah. And, and a lot of folks don't understand that, right? It's not like your other typical books on the shelf that, you know, it's one and done, you read it, and why would you read it again? But right. you leave it sitting on the shelf to show how many books you've read and all these other things. This one book is new all the time. So talking about, about the fishing and water and all that, when you talk about uh, bass fishing to bass fishermen or crappie or uh, walleye, anything like that, hmm. Every fisherman has what is known in the fishing world as a confidence bait. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mine happens to be a jig. I tie my own jigs there. A little skirted lead head with a skirt. I should have brought one. but uh, And then you can put a trailer on the back of the hook, like a soft plastic or a piece of pork, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make little leg kicker frogs out of pork skin they'll leave a little piece of flat fat on it mm-hmm. and you put that on the hook so when you, i'm thinking about somebody who's <laughs> never done any of this thinking, listen what, in the world? Yeah. what in the heck are they telling yeah. but it's true it is true so when you when you lift that bait up the skirt flares because it's made out of rubber and that little trailer on the back has little legs that kick or when it hits the ground underwater those little legs stick up and it looks like a crawdad right. coming through the water. So what you're trying to do is mimic mm-hmm. what bass feed on. Mm-hmm. Some things, which are called a creature bait, mimic nothing bass feed on, but there's just something about it that either irritates them. That's what I was or, say. Yeah. yeah, like a Agitates rattle trap yeah. that you were talking about. Right. Bass have a lateral line, mm-hmm. that dark green line that goes down their side. That's how they hear. They actually feel, and any the vibration through the water, and it irritates them. You'll mm-hmm. see their eye get red. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, as the females are coming in and the males to go to the back of little creek pockets on a lake, they're going to go back there and make a bed, lay their eggs, mm-hmm. fertilize the eggs, and then they'll move in and out of that over a period of time. When they're on the bed. There are certain baits that work because you got to kind of irritate them. They're not really hungry, but you got to irritate them. Yeah, and they don't want to be drawn off the nest. Before and after nesting Mm -hmm. is excellent time because they're feeding up to go on the bed and then they're exhausted. Right. Uh, after and hungry and hungry oh man because they've sat on that nest without feeding unless something irritates them on the nest i've literally seen bass come out of the water with minnows Mm -hmm. flying out of their mouth because they've gorged themselves so much on 
a shad or right. you know some kind of bait fish uh, to uh, to eat on after a after they've it's called post spawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have what's called a, a confidence bait that you use, and uh, every fisherman has one. They have other baits they try, but they have really really strong confidence that almost all the time they can catch a fish on this one particular bait for whatever reason they just fell in love with yeah. how it worked, how you, how you fish it. Um, uh, they've caught their biggest bass on those. They've, I think my biggest bass now is like a eight, eight pounds, six point six five ounces, um, 8.65. Uh, and then I've, you know, I've had several, well, many over five, but, um, I have real big confidence in a jig, in a pig and jig is what they call it because you used to put pork on the back. Now they have soft plastics because you can catch, I mean, they catch really big fish, really big bass. Love to hit those. Small bass will hit it too. but So you downsize those or increase the skirt size to make it fall slow or make it fall fast, the weights and whether it's windy outside, color of water and all that's what color of a jig you would use so i learned that when i can't catch a fish on anything else i go back to my confidence bait mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. same way in life uh there's a there there come there there comes a confidence now you can't put all the confidence in yourself R- remember that the confidence comes in how that bait has operated and my ability to learn how to use that bait underwater right? and the understanding of how that bait works, even from making them myself, right? Same thing in life. There are, there are things in your life that can be there to give you the great confidence that you need to sustain you through tough times. It also helps you in good times. Mm-hmm. That bait is great when I'm catching lots of fish, but it's also my go-to, right, when I'm not doing well. <clears throat> so no matter what, when I'm on the water, that bait is going to be my confidence. Uh, no matter what in life, uh, I find great confidence in God, great confidence in his word, great confidence in who he is uh, and what he helps us with or how he takes us through issues of life or even when things are great, right? Don't you think that uh, often many people misplace where they put their confidence, such as other things, right? That's right. Um, So if you're going through struggles and whatnot, you go back to what you place your confidence in, fall back into what you place your confidence in. Uh, kind of like training, right? That's right. You fall back to your level of training. You don't rise to it. So if you fall back to what you've trained to, same things in the issues of life. If, you, if you've if you trained yourself that, hey, after a stressful uh, shift of uh, police work or uh, a stressful week or whatnot, you uh, you're, you place your confidence in grabbing a six-pack and or a 12-pack or a case or a bottle or whatever the case is. Right. Um, or gambling, or sex, or other um, play, things that people place their confidence in. Right. 
they fall back to that in times of great challenge, right? That's right. And I think the whole point of what we're trying to do is really encourage and show and reveal uh, to officers, their families, and many other people that if it really matters where you're placing your confidence, who you're placing your confidence in. I mean, we fall victim to that, don't we? Yeah. We place our confidence in people, in man, and then we're shocked when we're disappointed. You oh, know? man. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and we, we always talk about that. I even say even that. Even if it's ourselves. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's right. So um, I think there's a lot of uh, when people step back and they look at it, and I think it's a fair question to ask people, so what and who are you placing your confidence in? There you go. Which is trust. Right. Or faith, confidence, trust, confidence. So who are you placing your confidence in? And I think when people do that self-check, sometimes they're surprised. I mean, if they really truthfully and forthrightly <clears throat> sit down and, and, and take a moment to think about that. Well, I'm putting my confidence in, uh, you know, uh, the house that I'm building or I'm placing my confidence in that uh, truck that I got or my new, uh, my latest and greatest uh, gun that I bought right? Uh, and tricked out and did all these other things, right? Um, or people, you know, uh, you know, often, oftentimes officers find they get so disappointed and disillusioned in their police agencies, right? Most officers would tell you, heck, going out and dealing with the bad guys is that's, that's where I want to go because of the people in this police house that I can't trust or the boss or whatever the case may be. Well, that's probably because you place way too much confidence in that individual or that person or organization. Right. And. And I think that comes to a place where um, your confidence is only as good as what you can control if you place that confidence only in man. And I think you and I both know that there are circumstances in life. It doesn't matter. You can't control what happens. Well, You're, it, it, It's yeah. handed to you, right? Yeah. And again, I mean, we, we've seen that over the last couple of years where – a high level of disillusionment has come in for officers because the very communities that they're serving, uh, risking their lives for, people um, that they're trying to protect, political <clears throat> leaders that they are, uh, they feel beholden to because that's their employer or the, the decision makers in their right. organizations. They watched all those folks turn their back on them over the last couple of years. They watched political officials who said, go out there and address these issues as the officers did that those same political officials then turned their backs and said to the public i don't understand why they're doing what they're doing thank you they watch people scream at them shout at them spit at them throw rocks bottles fr- frozen water bottles at them unbelievable shoot stress. at them kick oh, at them all lands. these other things and the officer is saying wait a minute <laughs> I, I i didn't come out here like uh, John Wayne, like doing this on my own, I came out here in service to my community. And oh, by the way, at the direction of my police leaders. Right. And so they quickly fell victim to being disillusioned because they had they had placed their con- – and I'm not saying wrongly necessarily, but they, they rightly placed their confidence in the orders that they were being given, but also in the direction they had been given in their careers and the communities that they were serving. Uh, you hear me say it all the time. Officers will die for something, but they won't die, die for, for nothing. nothing. Yeah. And what we're seeing that's been uh, occurring is 
driving the something out of our profession. And again, I always say it's destabilized by design. If you carve out enough of the ground under the surface, what happens? It collapses. It collapses. Right? Yep. And that's exactly what we're seeing happening to this it profession. It leaves a hole. That's right. It, it, that's, it's not just happening to the profession, but it's happening to the people, the people within the profession. Yeah, I was reading a, uh, reading a stat uh, in the newspaper mm-hmm. uh, concerning uh, a large city's uh, situation with domestic violence, and it said that that city's uh, department had handled twice or that those numbers had doubled uh, let's say of domestic violence mm, mm-hmm. uh, doubled in the last year. in the last year yeah uh, from That's uh, I think it was like uh, a little over thirteen thousand to eighteen no eighteen thousand and doubled to over thirty thousand oh wow and I'm like holy smoly yeah in in just a year yeah well so you think officers of- guess who gets called to those Moments of crisis. That's right. Guess guess what office? Guess what's the most dangerous in law enforcement most of the time in law enforcement in the profession? Domestic domestic disturbances or domestic violence. Right. Why why is that? Uh, Well, because you have people uh, at the scene of your call that can make decisions that you uh, are trying to work through. Um, they can make very quick decisions, and you don't know what all they're thinking or what's happened before that. That's the key. Yeah. So this is, again, I get on these tangents, right? But these <clears throat> no, are key that's what we're here factors in a, of importance, right? Is because right. you're dealing with human nature. That's right. Human science that is extremely unpredictable. I always say this, you know, you've and got, the human spirit, by the way, well, which is so you've got the police service and you've got the fire service. Mm-hmm. The one, the key distinction in all of that is within the fire service, the vast majority of the time you're dealing with a known science, science, fire science, and you know with a high predictability factor what you're dealing with based on what what's involved. In police services, you're dealing with human beings, and there is no predictability factor. And so it's unpredictable, and in this in extreme agitation, right, disturbances within the home right and you get into the heart issues that are involved you can't predict what you're going to be dealing with you know when you make that distinction it brings to my mind that and we're not picking on firemen here because we love our firemen we're thankful for them they save a lot of lives but so do our officers but the difference is okay we'll pick on them the difference uh, one of the major differences to me is that Firemen arrive at a situation where everybody wants to be saved. Mm-hmm. That everybody wants no, everybody wants to be saved. Yeah, and so they're dealing with a. I don't want to. I I don't want to call it an inanimate object, but but they're dealing with an enemy that is that's burning down a building or it's known elements. It's a known element, mm-hmm. while the human beings are saying. Save me, you're my hero, rescue me, rescue me. When an officer arrives on the scene, that could be the case. Like we've seen police officers pull people out of fires and houses. Yep. But most of the time, it's the human 
element where you might have one person saying, save me, but save me from this human being. That's right. And the other human being saying, I'm taking them out. And by the way, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Officer, I'm taking you out too. Yeah, you don't hear too many cases of suicide by firefighter. No. Right? And so what? why is that? What's, what's the difference? Well, these are the differences that we're talking about. And you mentioned it earlier, and it's the key component. When we say heart issues, what ultimately are we talking about? You're talking about the spirit of the human being involved. That's right. And if that spirit has been corrupted by wickedness, evil, uh, demonic spirits, um, you're really dealing with some unpredictability, but also a, a battle um, that is very intense. And when you see domestic violence situations especially, you have high levels of not just the violence and not just the unpredictability, but a very personal, emotional, uh, it's all wrapped in all of that. Right. And so here again, the officers have to contend with that. Well, what was happening in the last couple of years? You had, you know, some people say, well, COVID caused crime to increase. No, it really didn't. Mm-mm. A lot of the restrictions contributed to That's that. That's right where you had folks locked up in houses together that normally weren't for those extended period of times and on and on and on. Uh, And I'm not interested in the politics of all that, but it's just the fact side of it is we had a, there was a different dynamic that was folded in and it exploited or exacerbated the, the heart issues that were already existing. That's right. And exposed them even more. And so here again, though, who's in the middle of that? It's the officers that are responding to that. And then when you factor in that the officers have been disillusioned and have had their confidence destroyed at the same time, you see this recipe for a perfect storm developing. That's why you also saw homicides across this country rise to levels that we've never seen. Uh, Not only that, but most of the uh, proponent uh, of the domestic violent issues uh, had to do with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So the alcohol uh, in gestation uh, increased greatly. So the people placing um, their confidence in the alcohol then which compounded then the heart com- issues. That's right. And that, then you've got officers responding that have <laughs> had their support stripped from them and their confidence destroyed. <laughs> and we see what what is happening, let alone all the other junk, the revolving door of criminal justice Always, and all right. that other stuff. So yeah. the point being is that you reach this perfect storm. And so I think the ultimate question for the officers is, okay, thanks for reminding me how bad it is. How do you rebuild that confidence or how do you maybe maintain your confidence in a different way? And I think it goes back to the question. I, I have this conversation with officers a lot of times. Well, well, who are you placing your confidence in? Because if you placed it in your chief, if you placed it in the You're community, in if you placed it in a politician, yeah. oh, forget Jesus. about it. So, again, it goes back to why do you do what you do and who are you doing it for? And when And by the way, maybe this is why so many people don't want these kind of messages that we're doing to be heard by our law enforcement profession. Yeah, because they want to erode that confidence as much as possible. Destabilize by design. That's right. You yeah. can't. You cannot pull the building down until you destabilize the foundation. If you break it, you can remake you it. You can remake. Hey, that's almost a poem there. So, If you break it, you can remake it. That's right. See if we can think of a song. So 
the so with our officers, how do we point them back to hey, listen, there's a different way of going about this, and in some place you can place your confidence. Well, I got a great scripture for I you. I bet you do, I, preacher you man. No, I do. Yeah. I got a great scripture for you, Hebrews chapter eleven. So this is how you know that God loves coffee. <laughs> Because he brews. It's so bad. It's, <laughs> it never gets better. It never gets better. It's a dad joke. It's a, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, verse 35 says, so do not, this is the New Living Translation, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Uh, King James says, cast not therefore away your confidence. But your confidence, number one, we know your confidence can't just be in you. Uh, that's not a self a, a fails safe measure. You know the confidence can't be in just your natural strength and training. You know the confidence cannot be in just the tool belt around your waist uh, or the uh, or the dog in the back of your cruiser. Your confidence uh, can't just be one of the most painful things I deal with probably and have over the years as a chaplain is. Is, is helping an officer through, uh, I couldn't get there in time, or um, why didn't he or she wait for me uh, to be there as backup, or uh, mm-hmm. when something went down that was devastating to another officer. And and it brings about such a, a painful experience in other officers' lives um, because if you just put your trust in humans, we are going to let you down at some point. Yeah, that's and right. And it doesn't matter what uniform you officers. wear, even as officers. And again, the trap of placing too much confidence in your past experiences. That's right. Well, it's already it's always worked out well when I took this shortcut. So that's it surely right. will this time, and no, then it bites sir. you. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward that it brings you. So when you trust God and you put your trust in him, it brings a great reward to you. There's a reward. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. All that he has promised. So what you place your confidence in is extremely extremely important. And you know, when I'm, when I'm, and go back to the fishing example, when I'm fishing, I have lots of different baits on my boat. I mean, lots of them, including some we talked about here, but I've got lots of different ones. Mm -hmm. I cannot switch my confidence from what I already know works very, very well to another bait and have full confidence in it. It's the weirdest thing. I get this sense, and I, and you'll hear me, if you're ever on the boat fishing with me, other guys will tell you, you can fish for a while, and and you, you're you trying, but you'll hear yourself saying, nah, I just don't have confidence in well, this. Well, what you're saying then is your confidence affects performance. Boom. Right. Totally. And that's what he's saying right here. There is a reward for having great confidence. There's always a reward from what you have confidence in. And if it's in the Lord, that reward is non-failing. It will not fail you. Well, and again, go back to those stats and, and the context that we find all of that occurring in. 
what what did this exercise of defund the police, demoralize, demonize, dehumanize the police, what has that done? Well, it stripped the officers of their confidence, and then in turn, they pull back. So when they pull back because their confidence has been destroyed, then the evil one what does evil do? Flourishes, right? Oh, right? Yeah. Follows the path of least resistance. <clears throat> well, what did we see? We saw domestic violence cases double, right? Yep. Domestic violence. We've seen homicides spike to all-time historic record-breaking levels. Crazy. Sixteen major cities across this country set new records of all time. Uh, we've seen. Uh, what's the other thing that we've seen? Is this huge influx of traffic fatalities, traffic crashes hit and runs, pedestrian struck, street racing. Well, nobody's talking about that. All those things. Why are you seeing that? Because you've probably seen a reduction in proactive traffic enforcement, which is done to improve safety and educate the public on traffic laws. When that pulls back, that flourishes. What you see is, and this is what I like, we've talked about this before, but that same (coughs) scripture you just read, which, by the way, is pretty cool. We're talking about all these issues and these issues of confidence, and this Bible specifically speaks to it. Again, if somebody hasn't been in this, they don't know that that's that's right. Again, I always say to people, why do you think folks don't want you to know that's in there? Because you you might get your confidence back. In this other translation, the pure word, which is from the Greek, right? Mm-hmm. I love how, what it says here. So that same scripture, it says, therefore, this is verse 35, Hebrews 10, therefore you should not cast aside your boldness, which has great Come on. So think and about who that. needs to be bold, man? They Our stripped, officers that's need right. to be bold. Think about it. They have, they have stripped the boldness out of our officers, and then they and all of us suffer. Well, that's who, right. Who is they? They are usually the ones that you placed your confidence in that are, that it really are, are, it's a false confidence. Does that make sense? Yep. You had a false confidence. Well, where do you get a true confidence? Well, God, the one that created you, he tells you right here. He said, you want to get your boldness back? Don't cast it aside on this, these false idols, these, this false confidence. You put it on me and there'll be a great reward. A great, a great return oh, on that yeah. investment. Well, then he also says, because you have need of endurance. That's, That's exactly right. what our officers need. We've got officers that have five years on that are leaving the profession. Why? There's no endurance there. Now, I'm not saying that like that's a negative uh, report back on them. I'm saying it's been stripped from them. That's if right. If you strip the boldness, <clears throat> you cannot endure. Oh, you. That's that's exactly right. Right. That's right. If you strip out the confidence of, well, like you said, of the fishermen, you can't yep. endure. You can't succeed. If you strip that out of a marathon runner, well, they, they have no endurance. They have no endurance. Here's what a fisherman says. So let's put it back in that context. If you're fish, if all you have and you're fishing with with baits that that you don't have confidence in, guess what you do? You say, well, there's no fish in this lake. I'm yeah, going home. you go home. You go do something else. That's what officers do. Now, I'm pretty sure we all know that fish don't get out of the lake and go walking off somewhere. And That's then, right. And then come back the next time you go out to fish. That's right. There are always fish in the lake. The issue is it's a day of fishing, not catching. 
you don't know where to catch them and you don't know what to use at that particular time or they're not biting for some reason at that particular moment. Yep. But I've heard people say, well, the fish aren't biting today. But then you turn around and there's a tournament on the lake, a man with purpose mm-hmm. or a couple of guys with purpose, passion, desire. They go after one particular spot they come back with 25 or 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. But there were people that left the boat ramp saying the fish are not biting today. Right. So they had boldness that translated into endurance. That translated into endurance, and they did not quit. They stayed until they figured out the pattern of what it took to catch those fish that day. Now I'll apply that back to this word. So there's the rest of the story. So in that verse where it says, because you have need of endurance, why? Why do you have need of endurance? This is where the, the transformation occurs. It, he's going to tell you to change where you're placing your confidence. He says, because you have need of endurance, that having done the will of the God. The will of God. And what does every officer, whether they're a believer or not, what are they there fulfilling? The will of God. They're calling. They're calling. And so your calling wasn't to serve the politician that hired you. That's exactly right. And so that's what I spend a lot of time reminding officers of. You swore an oath to the Constitution and God, the Creator. You didn't swear it to a mayor. You didn't swear it to a governor. You didn't swear it to your chief of police. You may have sworn it before them. They might have even administered the oath to you. That's right. But you didn't swear an oath to them. Nope. You swore it to the law, to the Constitution, and to the, the creator that gives those natural rights. And so if if that was what you were called to do, who does the calling? God called you to do this, called you to uphold his will. He tells you right here, put your confidence in him. And when you do that, then don't cast aside your boldness. Don't fall into the oh, trap man. of having your confidence eroded by up these now. false idols. Yeah. You stay focused on me and what I called you to do, and I'll give you the endurance. Be, and, and I'm going to tell you, this is very important, very, very important that officers grab this. And it's important that preachers understand this because both both are there to serve people. Both can fall into the same trap. That's right. Preachers can fall into the trap that they're there to serve their people and that the people are the ones that voted them in that they're there, it's all about the people. And get your eyes off of God. He's the one that called you. Jesus said, come serve me first, then serve the people. Mm -hmm. If you get that backwards, the issues of life and human beings will overwhelm you to the point that you absolutely collapse. You know, and the, fall apart. Same thing with officers. So the true, the two greatest commands: love God, love others. I was that one's I, first. I was recently. Um, I spoke, uh, presented, really, actually talking about these kinds of issues uh, before a group that was the FBI National Academy Associates. So they were officers from many different states, and we were talking about these very tough spiritual issues uh, and issues of faith and where we place our confidence. Right. Right. I didn't put it in these words. I wish I had. But in talking about this, 
I talked about that, right? Love God, love others. That's what we're called to do. That's what right. we're, that's the will of God. That's what we're walking out. I had a guy afterwards, he came up and he said, you know, my pastor at my home church, we, we talk about that as well, but this is what we say, love God and love others and serve both, which is exactly what you were just talking that's about. Right. It's you got to serve both, but serve them in the right order. Right. That's right. Jesus didn't say love others and then love God. He said, love God and love others. That's right. Right. So do it in the right order. This whole book is about God has an order to everything. Well, if you don't start with him first, you will, you will tank at some point. You will not have everything that you need that he wants you to be empowered. He doesn't ask you to do all this alone. He doesn't ask you to be a police officer and just handle all these things alone all these crises alone, he'll empower you for mm-hmm. endurance. Well, and that's the thing. Right? So you just said, because you'll, you'll, your tank will run empty, right? Your fuel tank will. Major. So how do you refill the tank? How do you fuel back up? Right. Well, I would encourage you, I would suggest you fuel back up on this word. Oh, right. Totally. This will fill your tank back up. Yeah. You're going to draw down on it. There, people will draw down mm-hmm. on it. But when you love God and he's telling you, listen, have boldness, boldness in me, right? And because you have the need for endurance to carry out my will. Well, how do you get the endurance? The endurance is the fuel in your tank. That's right. How do you get that? You stay focused on him. We just said at the beginning of this, this word is alive. It doesn't grow old. It isn't a one and done. It isn't a read it and put it up on the shelf and never read it again. Well, Jesus said, my word is spirit and life. If you take that, you're going to get life from his word. You're mm-hmm. going to get you're going to get the, the spirit in you. That warrior spirit gets fed. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's not a soldier or a warrior. This is what this is why General Patton loved his Bible so much. You you can't read through the Word of God and not see the the great spirit, the great warrior spirit that was, I mean, infused in men, especially in the Old Testament coming in the New. I mean, great. And then you go to the book of Revelation. Jesus isn't some soft, little tender, weepy-eyed guy mm-hmm. that return. He comes back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he kicks butt and takes names, buddy. And literally. Literally. <laughs> um, so all the way through the Word of God from Genesis all the way through Revelation, there is a great... I mean an intense um, declaration of the warrior spirit of what it takes to be a man of God and to build that endurance. Some of the greatest warriors ever on the planet are in this book right here. makes me wonder why people work so hard to keep our officers and their families from this work. Well, they don't want them to have endurance. That's right. They want them to, they don't want them to have confidence. And let's talk about that for a second. So it's not just the officer. So, you know, there's many spouses, husbands and wives out there that are saying, Hey, I've never seen my spouse, my officer like this. That's right. I, I, you know, so that's the, that's the, uh, injury injury that is so difficult to fix right now in the law enforcement profession. Officers will always say, Hey man, I'm used to getting kicked in the teeth by everybody, right? All that, all that stuff, but never my family. And that's a wound that is so deep. It's hard to ever heal that. 
Well, the families are saying, hey, I've never seen my officer this injured. Their spirit is so wounded. There how, you go. How can I help heal, help them heal? Well, maybe you have an officer that really isn't interested in getting in his word right now. They're just interested in a pure survival from day to day. That's where a good Bible-believing wife, a good Bible-believing husband, can really help turn the tide for their officer. Yeah. And in turn, this profession. Uh, we're seeing that where our spouses are crying out for help. And, and we're seeing very um, consistent themes of them turning to faith because they got nobody else. They got nobody else. We have spouses yeah. that feel like they're out there on a complete island. Well, and I'm going to tell you, throughout this time period, officers have been physically injured, wounded, hurt, some lost their life. Two, officers have mentally been abused, right? Mm -hmm. People cuss them, curse them, spit on them, do all the things, call them names, tell them they're good. But this stinking demon that's operating today, it figured out through the meditation and through the conversation in our nation and around the world how to attack their spirit mm -hmm. before their spirit has remained strong. But this spirit what's now, different? what's different? That's what's different. Yep, is that they are now wounded in spirit. That's different. You, they know. Listen, every wellness group or or uh, department psychologist, they they can help you get, and and every doctor and wellness doctor at the hospital, they can help you fix those two. That's right. But now we're dealing with the third. So now you got mind, body, and spirit. That is an attack against the total man, the total human, mm -hmm. that man and woman. So now that the spirit is wounded, the life of the other two are so greatly tied to the spirit. If nobody talks about how to heal that spirit, mm -hmm. the other two, no matter what you do, you're never going to get healed. They, that you're never going to get healed. That's right. So what we're talking to and speaking to, and I think what makes what we're doing so important in the life of officers and their family, because mm -hmm. now spouses, men and women spouses of officers are saying, I'm doing all the things that, that I learned at some of the camps and that I've read some books on how to help my officer and what to do. But the reason I've never seen it, and we're telling you today the reason you've never seen it this bad, is because now your officer has been wounded spiritually. That's right. And if you're going to help them, you have got to become spiritual. About You've got to deal with this spiritually because that's where your confidence it's is It's a gonna, spiritual battle. That's where your officer's confidence is going to come from. And, and, and it takes the whole unit pulling together because a husband and wife mm. are a covenant. Mm -hmm. They're not two people and they live life individually. No, they're one. The Bible says that you leave your father and mother cleaving to your wife and the two become one flesh. Mm -hmm. So now you are operating as one. Your home operates as one. And now part of you, spouse, yeah. Which happens to be an LEO, but part of you has been wounded. has been wounded in the spirit, right? So, it, it, let me use this if I can as a reference. I 
you know, deer hunting, mm-hmm. right? Early stages of deer hunting in the rut. These big bucks are getting together. They're clashing horns. They're, they're smashed together. If you've ever seen a, a buck with antlers attached to another buck and that other buck dies mm-hmm. during that fight, mm-hmm. and now that buck cannot they're get, they're locked. Mm-hmm. They can't get free. That's right. Uh, most of the time, it'll cost that other They'll buck yeah. its life too. Right. Two married people joined together, inseparable. When you get a wounded spirit in one half of that relationship, right, uh, that puts that whole relationship in trouble. You'll bring the whole thing down. If the other part of that that relationship doesn't know how to endure as well. That's right. And how to find sustaining grace. That's right. During those moments. And that spouse can speak life into right. the situation. Absolutely. From this book. So maybe your officer isn't it doesn't have a comfort level to knock the dust off of this and get into it. You can as the spouse. And then you can speak this life into your situation. Into your situation. And you'll see transformation. Leave a little note. Find the warrior scriptures in here. Right. The great confidence building scriptures. Some of the ones that we've that we've said. Uh Send us a little note. Shoot us an email. We'll we'll send you some scriptures to help you. We're running short on time, but I really Damn. think this is important to bring this full circle. We talked about the officer swearing an oath and who, what you swore to, who you swore to. It wasn't the politician. It wasn't the governmental entity. It wasn't the city and town or the residents. It was God, the creator. He talks about that in here. That's right. Can you just hit that real quick? Romans yeah. 13, the very oh, beginning. Yeah. Where does our authority come from? So again, officers are shocked. What do you, what do you mean? It talks about that in this Bible? Yeah. Oh yeah, very clearly. Can yep. you talk about that just sure. real quick? Romans 13 verse 1 says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. Everyone. So God's desire is for everyone to submit to the authority of the governing bodies. Now listen, for all authority comes from God. Now listen to me, my friend. Don't get this confused. Yeah, don't twist it. He didn't say every politician comes from God because they don't. They're voted in by man. Mm-hmm. But the authority that they have, any authority on the planet, the authority you have delegated to you by a governing authority is still authority that comes from God. You could not have it if God was not the authority. All authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Pretty simple. Do what's right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, beware. of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants. Why? Because they come with authority, and God is the author of authority. So that right there should remind our officers, that's where your authority comes from. That's who you swore right. your oath to. That's right. And in addition so to that, help me God. God. And that is whose will you are carrying out in your responsibilities. So don't get it twisted. 
Don't place your your confidence in these false idols. Oh, my Put it Lord. back in the one who called you to do this and gives you the authority to do it. Put your confidence in him, Godfidence. Yeah. Put it in him, and uh, he'll give you the endurance to sustain all this. I had at that uh, FBI NA thing, a guy afterwards came up to me, and he said, listen, I've got 42 years on the job. Think about that. You want to talk about endurance? Wow. 42 years on the job, but here's what he said. He said, and I've never heard a discussion like we had today. 42 years. 42 years. Never heard a discussion about faith, the creator, our calling, and why we do what I do. Now, here's what he said. Here's the key point. And I'm glad that I hung on long enough to hear it. Listen to that. And and this is not, so when a guy's been on for 42 years, you can't say, well, he hasn't heard that message because of where we are today in our world and what's happened recently. And no, he's been he's been on the job for forty two years. Pretty sure he didn't start the job when he was born, so he had to be around his twenties when he started. Mm-hmm. Forty two years, and no one has talked with him or shared the message of the of the goodness of God. That's why this is so important. This, that's why Remnant Revealed. Well, is so important. Don't gloss over the name here. We're revealing this remnant, this small remnant that's left of the word of God's people, of his servants, and reminding us all of why we're doing what we're doing. That's right. If our officers and their families grab hold of this, get a hold of this, they'll have the endurance to sustain all this trash and trauma we're going through and actually get us back on the course as a society. You know, the man years ago that taught me how uh, and really emphasized to journal and to write down my thoughts or, and what God says to me, mm-hmm. um, he said, when, when, when what you're doing doesn't feel like it's working, uh, when you hit tough times, in life, when you hit tough times in the ministry, when you hit tough times, when you feel like you've never really done anything, when you hit tough times, when uh, when everything feels like it's just falling apart, he said, you go back, you get that journal out where God said for you to do what you're doing, you open it up, and you read the word that you wrote about what God spoke to you to do. Do you know, over my ministry career, every time I've ever done that, it brought back to me, right in my face, written down, and I didn't just write it yesterday. In your writing. In my writing, mm-hmm. this is what you told me to do. Mm-hmm. And there is a there's a deep confidence that comes with that. Right. I'm still doing what you told me to do. Do you know why this is so important? Because you're going back and reading what God wrote down for you and me to be able to read and say, I'm still doing that. Thank you for filling me with confidence again. Thank you for renewing my mind. Thank you for restoring my trust. Thank you for bringing me back to the foundation of my purpose in life and why I'm on this planet. Well, maybe now some officers are, are getting the idea of, hey, maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to take a look. There, right? There's a yeah. lot that these two guys are talking about that, uh, man, it sounds like there might be a lot of good stuff in here. And just get started. Nobody's asking you to be a Bible scholar tomorrow. So maybe in this next episode, we could do what some have asked, which is talk about some of the various translations. How do you pick a Bible? Yeah, How do you can find do one? 
let's do that and really open some of these doors for our officers and their family members, sure. their spouses. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a, a son or a daughter too that encourages dad, That's encourages right. mom with what they find in here uh, with truth. And uh, in this world of a bunch of falsehoods, oh my. truth stands out pretty, pretty plainly pretty when plain. you hear it and see it. And uh, that's also the what our officers can reflect as well. Yep, good stuff. It is good stuff. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And thank you for uh, oh, doing man. this. And hey, uh, thank you. It's I know a that great people joy. watching and viewers and subscribers are really getting a lot out of it. We're hearing from a lot of them, but definitely just a reminder to like and subscribe to this channel. Hit so that bell. Hit that bell. Hey, and another thing, if you have something that you would like to ask us yeah. or something that you would like maybe for us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Put it in the comments yeah. below. We're watching Absolutely. those. We're responding to them. And we really want this to be a community kind of thing, a remnant revealed community totally. where uh, you you guys tell us what you're needing and what you're yeah. wanting to hear or learn more about, and we're being able to be responsive to that. Yeah, we, we want it. We want to be embraced, but we want to embrace you as well. This is not us sitting here preaching it mm -mm. Uh, at you. We're mm -mm. Uh, listen. We've had to walk through the very things that we're talking trying about. to walk it out as well. We don't have. You know, we haven't been able to tell all of our stories of uh, of what we've come through. But together, he and I, uh, we've come through a lot, a lot in life, and a lot in. And and uh, what we do every day, and and more to I'm come. I'm telling you, this is an example. We of we, li we live this, yeah, and, and we strive to live it more and more. But we live this, so uh, man, I love you. I appreciate you. Love you too, man. And I love our followers. Yeah, and, me uh, too. We'll just stay at this and keep revealing the remnant. Yeah, R and R. Father, bless uh, those who are watching today. Help them grab a hold of this word that we spoke today from your holy scriptures and not to cast away their confidence, but, Lord, to turn back to you and begin to rebuild their confidence in their spirit of why they do what they do every day and to stay standing on that thin blue line. But, man, it's a strong blue line. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life and if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you and we'll see you soon.